0: Take it with the programming. I'm Chase Singham. I'm Captain America. And along with me is Bill Grundler. Wolfrey. Ooh, and we have a special guest. We have a special guest today. And I can think no better way than to bring this man on than using one of my favorite movie clips of all time.
1: (laughs) Dylan! You son of a bitch.
0: Oh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Mr. Dylan Militsky. What do you think, bro? Huh? That- <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't know the pop
1: culture reference all too well. I know the movie.
0: Bro, that is like <laughs> Dude, the what? best Dylan reference in movie cinematic history. Think it's me being born in
2: 1991 that maybe. Dude, I forget. I forget. I forget how
0: old you are
2: sometimes. Man, dude, that's it's all biceps and Dylan. Come on now.
0: The the predator handshake originated from that clip. So anytime you see or hear somebody say that, that's what it's from. But like, you know, first of all, Dylan, welcome to the show, buddy. I think it's hilarious that people. I, I I I don't know if I text this to you, but like, people don't truly understand the undertaking that any competition is let alone Wadapalooza and you're in a bit of a different background usually if you're on a podcast which is rare so thank you for being here it's a different background it's because you have yet to leave <laughs> tell us where living you're at right, now. right
2: there living quarters I still
1: don't know if we're ever going to it Feels <laughs> like those, those the week after drags on forever so yeah we're well, aren't now you on day three of loadout?
2: Aren't you going to be setting up for next year's like in eight days? So you're just going to stay there anyway. Is that how it works? Is no, that we're going to be
1: flying straight from here to <laughs> Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, it, we were talking before we came on is that you said that uh, the basically the the build out for Wadapalooza is two weeks long, but then the breakdown is another week, let alone the week of what's going on. I mean, my goodness, bro. Like how fried are you right now?
1: You know, I've gotten some good rest the last couple of days and excuse anybody coming in behind me. Like I said, we're we're in our command. Hey man, mobile. this
0: is it. This is, yeah, this is the real stuff right here. People need to see this.
1: operation At the moment. But yeah, two two weeks of load in. I'm feeling pretty good though. You know, the, during the weekend of or leading into the weekend, some of those nights can be pretty late. At least right now we're, you know, getting full night's sleep, working until 6 p.m. And uh, just really tying up the last little bit of loose ends. Like the barge is just about ready to depart um, and probably- Dude, to Chesapeake, Virginia, that was towed in. Uh, we've gotten the, the the gangways off, so like all that's starting to come apart. Um, but no, I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good comparatively speaking to past years.
2: Man, dude, it's crazy because you've gone from like the 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 rise of occupational jobs that you've had from when you first started at the first Wadapalooza, You know, calling stuff, helping Guido out, calling on the floor, all that to where you are now. Um, you know, every single year, what it's going to feel like. Does it feel the same, or does it, it it ever get like, "Okay, I got this. we're yeah, I'm just in cruise mode. I know where we are. Does it get easier or no?
1: I would say that one thing something i've I've obtained over the years for sure is um a greater understanding of what the chaos is gonna feel like like in 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 the face of a lot of adversity and a lot of challenge, you know one of the things you I don't know if, if you talk to anyone there there were a lot of things thrown our way this year that. There were out of the ordinary. <laughs> no, it looked,
2: yeah, it looked it was so smooth. What are you talking about? There weren't <laughs> any changes, were there?
1: Weather being one, but like even in the lead up, like in the months before, even like the week of, there was a constantly obstacles thrown at us this year. And in the early years, you know, if if you're not used to. Responding to those adverse situations, you tend to panic, and even inside, like you're you're wondering, like, am I going to be able to pull this off? Is this going to be the year that things go wrong? And I think that as we've gotten more and more, I've gotten more and more calloused. I guess is the way to put it, or just apt at at handling it. And same with my team. So, like, as things as we had to pivot, we were ready for it. And uh, and to that end, yes, I've I've become less um less of like the highs and lows because you just know Mm. how it's going to go. You got to one of my mentors and former bosses would say, you might have heard him say it. Mr. Matt O'Keefe would say, events wouldn't be events without events, and that couldn't
0: be- Ah, that's good. That is yeah. a good one. Well, I mean, the, 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 f- the most forward-facing thing, and, and you guys have faced this adversity before, is the weather. And we'll, we'll talk about how that affected the programming when, that, when we get to that. But what is, if you can speak to it, what was one of those basically curveballs you got leading into this that maybe was new or unexpected?
1: Yeah, so I'd say you know the biggest one talking about the barge earlier. There's a number that were really big, but I'll just I'll focus on one. So we were let know about about a month and a half before the event load in that that the fountain, which the fountain is you know a, a, a huge symbol of the venue, right? It's in the dead center around where all the brands are, and then the main one of the main stages, the Bayside stage. We were let know by the city of Miami that essentially it was off limits and. Some of you are like, oh well, that doesn't matter. The fountain doesn't work anyway; you don't use it. But no, if you've ever been and you see, we actually build the bleachers into the fountain. Ah. Uh. So and I, I haven't talked about this publicly at all. Yes, so this is the first time I'm, I'm I'm telling anybody. But basically, they they uh, they basically let us know that hey, we the, the the structure of the fountain itself is in such disrepair you can't use it. They put a fence around it, oh. so we were forced a month and a half out to make a really tough decision. we were faced with three things. It could either be, do we change venues in the 11th hour? Like we're a month and a half away. Do we move to somewhere completely different? Two, do we reduce a heck of a bunch of seats on that Bayside stage and just create like a more intimate environment, in a smaller stage that wouldn't be as conducive to storytelling. It wouldn't be as fan friendly. Or do we go big, which was try to do something that would blow people's minds. Uh, and that was bring in a fully functional barge.
2: Wow. Crazy. The-
1: which presented its own hurdles. The easy thing to do would have been like, oh, just reduce the seats and create a small stage, right? But yeah. what would that do to the perception from the the, the fan of and the athletes of Wadapalooza? Um, and so we decided to go with the more difficult route, the more expensive route, because it's all about elevating year after year. And I think we accomplished what we set out to. So now the stage where the competition was actually became where the bleachers were built, and instead the athletes all competed out on the SS celebration the barge. Well, Dude,
2: that barge was unbelievable to watch Dude, the barge on, was on the so sick it was so amazing i mean and we've been there so many times we've seen you know what that what that stage looks like and the fact that you guys made the flooring the exact same setup as what you had on the old stage i think it was amazing um but getting back to when you when you had that and you were trying to decide which way to go like what does that war room look like i mean is it like everyone hey we need ideas from everyone are you just like hey i'm gonna go sit at the bar and i'm gonna come up with something or <laughs> Like where, like what's the army look like to come up with an idea or your list of ideas of what to go with?
1: It's funny you say army, right? It's a small group, right? We, we, maybe just like, uh, the CrossFit games, there's probably this perception of it being a big organization, the tier Palooza, while we're part of a larger organization and loud and live, we're still a small team that's executing this on, on the day to day. And think about this, like if it would have been six months ago. No problem. We could have for sure pivoted, found something that made sense and we had time to do it. But being a month and a half out from the event, that presents a host of issues. All of our permitting is approved. Like our program, oh, everything's man. done. There's so many things that are in the works that from that moment forward, we have to reimagine the entire layout of the park, even if you think it's just a small thing, because it really does deeply affect also the loading, Like the build of everything is affected by how that barge is going to get in we have to put a a crane right on that stage to be able to crane over the, the gangways or crane over the truss. So anyway, point being that when we sat in the room, we literally just created a list. And this is what, what I think my team and I have gotten really good at, which is just assessing the situation, presenting all the possible options, and then analyzing what is the, almost a SWOT analysis of each one, right? Like what are the, what would be the cost implications? What mm. are the benefits? What are the pros? What are the cons? And then taking it back to to, to my leadership and, and Marco and Nelson who lead lead the charge at Loud and Live and say, you know, if we do this, this is what the outcome will be. Like bringing the barge, everyone's gonna it's gonna blow everybody's minds, but it's gonna cost X. Um, but as a result, we'll have the same number of seats. So, um, you know, that being just one option, and also comparing the other the other two. Um, but we didn't land exactly which way we were going for probably a week, so that slowed us down a bunch because there was there were things, there were so many unknowns. Like, okay, it's one thing to bring the barge in. But, like, we really don't understand the permit implications or the cost implications. Like, who would have thought that, like, insurance for a barge would cost 50 grand, right? Like, Jesus. (laughs) Oh, it's just a barge. We just bring it in. Yeah, yeah.
0: it's just a boat. We We can pontoon this shit, right?
1: (laughs) We had to fabricate the gangways from scratch. So, like, those are things. Oh, you're talking about, like, like the. the barge? No, we had to, yeah, the the two ramps that go onto the stage and, like. So it's, it's a much more complex situation because you almost can't just decide one and run with it. Mm -hmm. You almost have to run two or three of them in parallel all the way to a certain point before you take one leap, because, you know, there was questions like, would we even get the permits in time? Like, will we have what we need to pull this off? So we can't just like put all our eggs in that basket. And then that one doesn't happen. Well then now what, um, it was, it was definitely an adventure this year, but I will tell you the team just kept boys and compose and, uh, that's what amazed me most. Dude, I'm
0: I'm so glad I asked that question, you answered it because in my mind when I saw the barge I was like freaking genius. Like, okay. <laughs> because Bayside, it, Bayside is one of the most iconic competition venues in all of the space. It is. It's right up there with the Tennis Stadium. It's the tennis right? Stadium, we know what the Chicago. Tennis Stadium is, but like that's the Tennis Stadium of Guadapalooza. It's Bayside, right? It's it's iconic iconic and the idea of maybe losing that because of the the fountain issue that you were talking about in my head i was like look at these guys they're getting in a barge and they're gonna be more stands in the most popular venue in my head i was like freaking geniuses Right. the only you know it was like six weeks ago it was like hey we're gonna get this barge from virginia ferried down here and get the permitting and you guys did that in six weeks to go time is insane
1: yeah i have to give a lot of credit to, to andre so andre andre trinidad is actually guido's brother oh no way trinidad all right it's our production lead yeah yeah so like keeping it all within the family um andre really pulled it off we had like four or five options for barges some were smaller some were bigger some weren't available some were um and, and how we landed on that one which was the biggest one i can't imagine that being any smaller of a, of a competition floor it just it, it played out so perfectly yeah and, uh, and and, like, like we said, I think the intention was how do we not just look at this as like rectifying an issue but instead elevating the experience and and I for sure think that we, we accomplished that. I think guy you guys
2: great. nailed it. it was amazing, yeah,
0: yeah did it did the aliens that uh came through that mall a few weeks prior have any um changes to the programming because of uh so <laughs> what the hell is going on over there, like leading up to Waterluo, Mike guys, this is like end of days <laughs> we're like a week out from Waloo. <laughs>
1: So weird, yeah. Super bizarre. Sorry, yeah.
0: No, you're good, man.
1: <laughs> all good. You got some folks yeah. that are working here,
0: yeah. Um, I want to see the heroes in the back. It's all good. You guys are doing some work,
1: they're all walking by, yeah. No, um, interestingly enough, so lot and live puts on the New Year's event in Bayfront Park, which happens just before mm, mm-hmm. we load in. So, like, when you were seeing that, that was happening just outside of the venue of another event we were putting on. Oh. Uh, And if I did, I'm not allowed, I'm not at liberty to talk about it. All
0: right. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll push on there (laughs) as we, we go past that. Well, you know, Dylan, you know, I I know we're here to talk about the programming. We'll specifically focus on the, the individual programming and coming in, you guys, um, I would say did uh, something a little bit different. You correct me wrong with the timing, but you guys are very um, early with announcing what these events are. We're going to be coming in to gain interest and excitement, and and maybe like you know, uh, incur some athletes. Like, hey, come on, this is this is going to be pretty cool. What um, I- am I correct with those coming out a little bit early, and what led to that decision?
1: Sure, yeah, it was definitely that. I think you know we've talked, I think we talked last year about the intention from our side to try to encourage athletes to want to do both individual and team on the elite side. That's one. Um, and so in order to do that, I think we needed to, you know, I think last year we said it, that it would be fine. The volume wouldn't be much, there wouldn't be overlap. And then I think we didn't necessarily deliver on that promise. And that was a a big intention from our side of getting ahead of it and showing them directly like, look, th- this is what you have, like, th- what, what you see is what you get and, uh, and to give them that confidence. But in the same vein, you know, also in working with the PFAA and just really taking their lead on, on what they consider to be, which is uh, the opinion of, of, of the athletes for the most part, um. They wanted to see them earlier, and so rather than things changing on the fly, although they still had to because of some some issues with weather, um, mm-hmm. it was a combination of both. Of those, like at their request, one, and then two, also wanting to uh, to instill confidence that hey, this is not going to be as as much of a beatdown if you do one or the other or both.
2: Um, with that with that program in, in the 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 tight handshake you had with the PFAA this year. Uh, which I really honestly think is probably the first time we've seen that much cooperation between an event and that organization, which is, I mean, it's it's, it's pretty cool because obviously the PFAA is wanting to be involved. So I, was it them coming to you to say, hey, we want to be involved? Or were you really wanting to bring them in to kind of showcase what they were able to do, to give them kind of a heads up, to see if they were going to make any changes or if you needed to make any changes on the... Uh, on any of the programming or, or what, what really spawned that, uh, that joining?
1: Yeah. So they they were not involved necessarily with the, the, the actual programming itself. Right. So the, the way okay. that it worked, I think if I were to go back chronologically, I heard about their session that they were having at this year's games and I was proactive in wanting to go and attend, um, and, and, and just literally to put our hand out and say like, Hey, we see what you're trying to do. We respect it. We think it's all in an, in, in an, uh, an effort, to provide a safe and fair experience for, for fitness athletes. And so as a result, I think they, I think they were a little bit, when I was in the room, it was all athletes and agents. They, I, I know that they felt a little uneasy about an event organizer being there because they, <laughs> they wanted to the they told me afterwards. Um, but I really was just there as like extending an olive branch. Like how can we do more together? Because we, you know, we know it's what the athletes ultimately will want. Um, and so with that, we entered into a into a more formal partnership, which is where they provided basically a list to us with after some calls with our team of like these are the things we would ideally like to see. Let's say there was a hundred things. Okay. Our team went through and said, okay, maybe like 60 or 70 of them are actually feasible given the event landscape of of the tier waterpalooza. There are just some things that we can't accomplish. Unfortunately, we can't guarantee that there will be eight feet between any barbell mm. between one athlete and another. The stages right. are too small. We'll keep them as far apart as possible. So like we would, you know, we kind of like redlined their, their document of, of requests and then said, Hey, we can agree to all of these. Are you cool with that? And yes. then so we, we signed off and it was more of us just saying, this is an intentional step of working with each other. And I'm sure there's going to be tons of key learnings about how to improve the process for next year. Um, but I thought it was a nice first step. Our teams worked well together. Um, you know, Mitch uh, is, is a great dude. They, they were awesome. And um, I would highly recommend us working with them again because they also helped take some of the thinking out of some of the decision-making around like movement standards and some things. Mm. Like, whereas in the past, maybe there was some ambiguity. Like they gave us basically a guide of like, hey, this is how a lot of the other events and how we feel like these things should be judged from okay. any sort of gray area. And we adopted a lot of them, if not all of them.
0: Interesting. That's going to be one of my questions. Like, what was the simplest thing they gave you where you're like, Oh, of course.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, if I were to pull up like their document and, and list some of them, it was like amount of time between warming up and actually mm. competing. Like, yeah. you know, in the lift event on, on Thursday, like making sure there was platforms by the stage. These are things that we have in the back of our minds, but we wouldn't necessarily deliver on. But the fact that they put it there was a no brainer. We had to provide it with okay. another place to, to do so. Um, Another big one was they drove. A, the, the, we'll talk about it, but the workout déjà vu. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that was a two-parter. Yeah, uh, sorry, actually, uh, not. It was a three-parter.
0: No, no. Two scores. Yeah, right, right, déjà right. vu.
1: Two scores. Yep, two scores. You know, in a in a in a previous case, we probably had scored that at 100 points each, but with some rationale oh. from Brent, it made sense. We, we ended up going with the 50 50 route. Interesting. Okay, uh, in order to not make all these movements weighted unfairly higher than than all the other events they were faced with throughout the weekend. Um, but there was a ton of things that ultimately ended up being no brainers for us to adopt. Um, even like on movement standards for for dips. Um, yeah. Movement standards on sandbag cleans, like things that they said were important to them to avoid any sort of challenge. And uh, and I think it, it made for a better weekend for all.
2: OK, was there any push, was there any pushback of uh, when you weren't able to to they gave you their list? You said, we can give you these things. Were there any, was there any negotiation passed? I'm like, well, no, you really need to give us this other one. What, I mean, was no, there no. any like, any, like I want to know what was the, the pushing back and forth with that? Or was it pretty simple since it was the first time for both groups, really?
1: It was simple. It was figuring out like, I think they were, I think they were trying to be really respectful. Okay. Like knowing that they were coming in and that we were giving them this platform. We never really pushed back on them, but oh, here's one actually, now that I remember one, that was a super no brainer. Was on on deja vu, got a note after, and they said, "Hey, what's your plan for box jump overs? Are you going to ask that they step down? Is are they allowed to bound?" Uh-huh. And initially, it was going to be a hey, do it, however. And then that the request came in from their team, and um, and said like, "Hey, just let us know what you're thinking." There, you know, it's obviously hazard. There's you know 1,200 athletes that are going to be performing box jump overs, and that's when we required the step down mm-hmm. uh, on the box jump over. So. That was another example of one that was like, "Hey, consider it done. Don't even, don't even think about it. Like, it, it's the safer route. And it makes sense." But no, there was never ever like a tug of war. At least not this year. Maybe that'll yeah. change as they gain more confidence and more, you know, uh, more prestige and, and respect. But we wanted to give them. I think there wasn't anything for us to push back on, so it was very easy. Got
0: it. Was it. An easy process.
1: We were to give them rationale why we couldn't do certain things too. Yeah. I understood.
0: Yeah, I mean that goes with any negotiation. There's. Compromises here and there when two parties are coming together with certain ideas, demands, and and, and concepts. But I, I I give you guys a lot of props for really being the first major competition to go out there and do this partnership. And I I would assume it's only one of those things that will grow and get better as you guys have this relationship moving forward. Uh, And shoot, moving I know we're done with in Miami, but SoCal coming up in September, which I I mean, the the amount of buzz that's going around that, I can't imagine. <laughs> I know you've got some things to th- just pull back from probably before we we preach there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I'm excited to see what that looks like. I mean, more waterpalooza is never a bad thing, you know, what you guys put out there. But uh, one question before we pop into the programming is uh, from Jonathan Ortega is like Heat One App. Heat One App was all over the place at wadapalooza they had some really cool graphics of like fan picks and team picks and what they picked and i i love it i'm a fantasy guy when it comes to that and so when you look at this app as part of it looked like it was a huge part of tier wadapalooza this year what what uh what spawned that uh idea yeah i think there's a couple of things and and you're 100 right it
1: was everywhere as much as we could put it um you know, a couple things. One would be I know Tyler. Tyler's a, a great dude, and he's developing a, a a great product. And I think for all the right reasons, as a fan of the sport, right? It's all about creating more engagement around what it is that all of us are doing. Like yeah. if, he, if he makes the sport more, if he helps make the sport more exciting, more exciting to watch, more exciting to follow, that behooves everybody. Right. So knowing that he was doing that too, we we chatted a while ago about how to integrate the app in a, in a more formal way because i know they've kind of done it more informally they've, they've kind of done it guerrilla style against you know the rogue and, mm-hmm. and, and and the games but from our side we sort of coupled it we partnered it more officially and then also coupled it with our partnership with pliability so it was really oh really good, you know, yeah that, that Pliability as part of a, that was a partner of the event so the three of us all spearheaded this effort um to create an app that uh you know that would keep folks both on site and remote more engaged. It's one thing too, right? We talk about this at, at, the, at the games. I'm sure you have. Is there comes a point in the weekend, especially if the event is three, four, five days long, where it's sort of a runaway train. You know who's going to yeah. win. But if you have these additional storylines, like in fantasy football, your home team maybe is just they're, they're, <laughs>
0: week 17 <laughs> in the NFL was never more important.
1: <laughs> right. Agreed. It makes it so much more fun, and if, yeah. if that's going to help move the sport forward, I'm, I'm all for it. And, and again, their team did an amazing job. And all we did in, in terms of that partnership was help bring pliability into the fold, but then to just give them unfettered access to the data and info um, to make sure that they were keeping it up to date. Whereas in the past with other events, maybe they haven't. I think that speaks to sort of a similar collaboration we have with the PFA. It's just bringing Mm. others that are looking to help bolster our sport and event. um, And because they want to, they already wanted to anyway, they just needed a a formal invitation and we gave it to them.
0: Well, the thing I love there is you talked about like keeping things up to date, like as things changed, like the way you guys pushed it out and and made those calls from the outside looking in, you know, we've, we've seen how things kind of work on the inside, but like, I felt like this year you guys were so much faster on making a decision, pushing it out and then moving to the next thing as instead, like, I feel like sometimes it's a lot of like, let's just not make the wrong decision. And we just kind of sit until we have to make a decision. It looked like you guys were just like, look, we're making this call. We're going forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that goes back to what I said at the onset of the of, of the conversation, which is we just have a really good team. And I don't say that in a way that's just like, you know, pumping them up. I I mean it. Like, I'm actually so, I'm more amazed by how they responded in the face of some of these pivots. Um, I didn't know they had it in them, but it's because it's they're such a veteran team, a team that's been part of this ecosystem and sport for so long that when we say, hey, you know, on the fly in that moment, we're gonna change from you know uh, kettlebell snatches to to the movements that we changed them yeah. to, right? It, would, it ended up it ended up being lunges and and some shoulder overhead. They didn't even blink an eye, um, and and it, there there was no semblance of chaos. So I just think our team is so dang good. I'd put our team against anybody any day. They're they're truly amazing. I I really mean that.
0: Love it, man. And and I I like I'll tell you right now is like Bill and I has had the pleasure to work with you man to man. Whether it's you know local throwdowns, granite games, Wadapalooza, CrossFit games, semifinals. Like we, we've all been in the trenches together for a long time. And what I, I, I do commend you guys on a lot is that you do have to deal with a lot of stuff coming at you from all sides, whether it's the weather or the barge or, you know, the, the list goes on when it comes to live events is you mentioned that, that quote by Matt O'Keefe. But I, I, the thing I really do like that you guys do is you're always willing to try something new to push the on- envelope to better or fresh and it's never make a change to make a change or make a splash to just make a splash is like you guys are always willing to take that next step which a lot of people i think are too comfortable to maybe try so i like i always commend you guys a lot on on doing some cutting edge things from time to time
1: thank you yeah thank you we 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 certainly try I will be the first to say we don't make all the right decisions.
0: nobody does we, we <laughs> right <laughs> nobody does if we don't
1: if we don't try we'll never know like you yeah. know the other big thing we changed we made this year was um was to our seating right we've in the last couple of years we've i don't want to use the word fail but we we could absolutely have improved our ability to, when we when we've sold tickets there's There were lines out of the bleachers, yeah, and, and people were very upset because they thought they paid for something and they, and they didn't receive the service um so anyway, that, that, that was one thing that this year we made a big intentional change with our ticketing structure, offering festival passes, which is just gets you campus access elite passes, which guaranteed you access to watch the elite. And then VIP was just VIP. Um, and I thought that went pretty darn well. well. Maybe we'll tweak it for the future. There's, there's quite a bit of um, re- self-reflection and team reflection that we have to do over the next couple of weeks. But um, I think that was another example of a, of, a, of an intentional change we made to try to improve what, what uh, the, the event overall and the experience for everybody. Um, like this year, the, the VIP was the same. There's still a lot, a lot to debrief on, but um, I'm feeling pretty good about what the final outcome was.
2: Well, I I think that's one of the things that in, in vain of what uh, Chase is talking about, how you guys do push the limit, you push the limit and you always come back and there's there, it's very apparent that you guys have a big after action report that you guys do because there's always a change from whatever the big complaint was the year before to where you don't see that. The next time it's, I mean, whatever the big complaint was, there's always a push to to clear that one out. So I think that that's, that's important because you definitely are aware of what's happening. You're not just going in it with blinders and going like, well, yeah, screw those guys. They're just a bunch of complainers anyway. They're going to complain because you're going to get complainers on everything. You know, I mean, it just happens that way. But you guys always really make a very, you know, uh, a huge effort to fix those things while still pushing the boundaries and, and and trying things out. See what happens you know, and then, but you go with it. And I, I really like, I like the, uh, the fact that when you, when you decide to make a step, you're all in and you're committed to that step and then you assess it afterwards, yeah. which is awesome.
1: Thanks
0: guys. All right. So let's, let's, uh, let's focus our attention to the program. We had five events, I believe six scores and we will, we'll touch on the, uh, the two part of there in a little bit. But you know, when Bill and I look at, when we analyze program, the first question we always ask is, what, what's the purpose? What's the goal? What are we trying to do for you and Wadapalooza? I know it's look, we talk about fitness festival all the time. The thing I think is so cool about Wadapalooza is that everybody in the space is practically there in person, whether they're competing individually or maybe on a three person team, possibly both or not at all. But the thing is like, they're there, they're competing at a very high level for an incredible prize purse but they're also so chill and so accessible across the board. And you guys have really cultured this, this vibe. Like there, people know what Wadapalooza is, feels like, like you don't have to sell it to anyone anymore. What Wadapalooza is for you, when you're looking at the programming going individuals, what are you exactly looking at to accomplish overall when it comes to the programming picture? Yeah. There's
1: three words that come to mind and I'm sure they come up whenever you talk to anyone and maybe they're, I don't know if they're the exact same, but the three that come to mind are fair, safe, and fun. And those orders, I would say are virtually equal. Um, it's hard to put any one above another because they're, it's, it's definitely a fine balance this year. You probably felt more than ever that, that safety was a chief concern and that comes in light of the weather. Mm -hmm. Um, but we want people to leave there saying and feeling as if it was extremely exciting, not just to perform the workouts, but to also watch. And given the, the challenges posed by our competition floors, um, just the venues in general, because of the size more than anything else. Um, you know, that that team seems to be something we've got to put even extra focus on because how do we create this storytelling that makes sense? And then Matt Matt just asked, fair, what does that mean? And what we mean by fair is is well rounded, but not not just that, also like because of the size of the fields of play, mm-hmm. it'd be very easy to have issues where somebody isn't traveling the same distance than another. So sometimes that affects the order of the movements because it's an impossibility of a way to to, to remedy. Like, for example, when when they swim, they have to run around the field to play down a ramp yeah. and come back up and run around the front so that they're running equal distance. But maybe that's not fair if people are going to get time-capped because if the swim only counts when they get back to their lane,
0: some okay. people are running
1: more in the beginning and not at the end. Um, so anyway, yeah, I would say fair, safe, and fun. Definitely fun is at the forefront. Has been in years past. This year maybe a little more emphasis on safe.
0: Yeah. And I like the way you put that is, I mean, you could think of those as three circles and more like a Venn diagram, right? That sweet spot in the middle, you could just label as Wadapalooza, right? Like everybody's, it's uh, across the board. And we don't mean fair as like everybody gets an equal, (laughs) like everybody gets an equal opportunity to compete. And it's like my bar was over here, that was this, or the, the, like I said, the program was all strength and I got screwed. Like, I, I like how you put those three together and that's your focus. And when we look at the first event, you talk about competition venues, being a challenge, depending on what it is you want to program. And Tina Hills to me is look, you have so many amazing venues at Wadapalooza. Tina, Tina Hills with that amphitheater like vibe. People are sitting in the grass, you know, like Woodstock style, just at a, at a concert. And then you have this amphitheater stage. It's a beautiful venue, but it's also a small venue. What are some of the challenges you see when, say, programming specific events at that venue at Tina Hills?
1: Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. It's all about the size. It's all about the size. That's why you, I would hate to say that when you come to the tier water that the stages, it's almost predictable about what you can expect at each of them, but mm. you'll start to see the same types of movements. And we have to program around what those things offer. Like I haven't seen a pull-up rig in a pretty long time on, on Tina Hills. Right. And that's certainly not a coincidence. <laughs> Um, Flagler's <laughs> big stage that can fit a six foot wide lane, you know, it ends up being a 120 foot wide lane rig, um, you know, on Bayside, there's not going to be another stage where people are swimming from, but in Tina Hills in particular, um, just the size, you, you didn't see a barbell there this weekend, mm-hmm. other than the six platform setup for the lift. And, uh, I mean, and th- that also means that you've got to have a ton more heats to get the athletes through. Right which also means that the time domains have to be shorter. Like this one you just pulled up, I'm sure about to dig into, uh, Double or Nothing, was meant to be inspired by the online challenge and qualifier event, which was was had, had some similarities in terms of the snatch complex. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, the time domain, I wish they would have had more time. I wish we could have done more attempts. It was just a byproduct of the challenges of, of the stage. But it also created a cool element of like, you've got to perform or not. It was like you're in the spotlight. It's either deliver or don't.
0: Right. And and we saw two attempts at a snatch and clean and jerk at the CrossFit game. So two attempts isn't unfamiliar. We've seen that at regionals in the past. Uh, I know Bill and I talked about Dubai this year where they had one minute to hit one lift uh, in that time frame for both that. And, and, and you talk about two attempts here, one snatch, one hang snatch, and then tiebreaker being max over at Squatch, which is akin to uh, the qualifier that you had, so now you take something people got tested with, and you level it up here at Wadapalooza, which is something we don't usually see. Sometimes I think the rub is, well, the qualifier was so much different than what we had there. Is like it's not even the same people getting the same tests, and here it's very, very similar. But it, it, we, you just touched on it a little bit. Is like we've we've had this discussion in the past. Is like there's things that you want to do, and there's things that you can do. And you're saying is like, look, three would have been great somewhat ideal in a setting like this, but because of it's not just the elite competing, right? You guys have 2000 athletes in what 15 divisions. How many? I, I'm probably undershooting that uh, of people to get through yeah, 28 divisions, 48 divisions. Okay. I totally, I am so sorry. I just undersold that so bad. 48 divisions to run through a test like this on a stage that can fit maybe 40 people shoulder to shoulder.
1: Yep. No, 100%. It, it, uh, it, it, certainly poses a challenge. Um, but I think it was a great way to start the weekend for the, for the elite individuals. Um, and again, we, we, I really liked the tie break, which was again, reminiscent of the, mm-hmm. of the individuals. Like it's, you know, it's not just one pound, it's how many more overhead squats can you get? Um, so yeah, ultimately this was one that I really liked as a starting point.
0: And uh, I know Bill and I voice out is like, I really like the personally, I, I do like the Nod back to the qualifier, but I also love that it wasn't just a one lift. It wasn't a oh snatch gosh. or a deadlift or just a one off. You put in a complex, but then you added more lifts into the tiebreaker. I really like that you added that to the fray to get out of this snatch, clean and jerk, one rep max monotony. I feel like we've been in for the last couple of years. Not not with yeah. Palooza. I just mean with with everything.
2: No, just in general, man. We we see that sort of the same one rep lift. All the time. I mean, even even when we see it, where you go from the semis and there's a lift to the games, it's almost the exact same lift. The open had almost something exactly similar. So, I think when you you have an event that's able to bring in the strength test. I mean, we know that that's what it is. It's this is the lifting test. So, but you tweak it to where there's another way to sort of get some sort of a um, just not a classic. You know, you, so you know who all your lift, I mean, of course, the big lifters always do the big lifting. We know they're going to do that, but at least it, it switches it up a little bit. So anytime you have a complex in there, I think that's always a plus because it mixes it up for the field. And honestly, I think it makes it more exciting.
1: Yeah. The The, the last piece of, of this that I'll, I'll mention on this one in particular was the idea of being able to test those folks that qualified and see, hey, can you perform on the big stage and then ah, see how some of those yeah. folks that were invited that are going head to head against them. First of all. We we review their videos, but I'm wondering if they live on site, can't they perform? The thing about a qualifier is you could literally take an attempt, stop your video, if yeah. you did it, take a three-minute break, start the video again, try it again, and have unlimited attempts. But how will you perform in prime time? Mm. And then how do those, those scores line up against the people that were invited that didn't get a chance to do this in the qualifier? So I like
2: that. that was a, I like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, a a little insight to the, to the event of what you're testing people with that is outside of like, how strong are you? Like, can you perform under the bright lights? And like you said, is dude, you totally nailed it. Actually. When you think about it, it's like, Oh, I missed my lift. Start video over and then start it again. And now can you do it on the big stage and in, in two lifts? So I did like that. And on uh on that Thursday, that was kind of the uh unfortunately the the end of status quo coming into it, <laughs> which we'll talk about. And the, the next event you had was um and I, I would say coming in, I thought it was one of the in look, we'll we'll just it's like how much does it suck for the weather to come in and and take away things that you know, and, and Bill and I have talked about this what Court was before coming in, I thought was one of the coolest events of the weekend. And unfortunately oh, right. weather completely changed what that was going to be.
1: Yeah, that, that, was, that was, I have to be completely honest and tell you it was really painful to change those events um, for me personally, for our team. Cause you know, a lot of this programming happened six months, seven months, eight months prior to the event day. Um, it's and so as a result to have to make that call while we know it was the right thing, it, uh, it was tough. It was certainly tough. But again, knowing that given the conditions, it wasn't acceptable to try to run that as is. Yeah. Um, and you know, could we have, could we have changed some, uh, some elements and maybe a slightly different way. Like we, we talked quite a bit. The other thing I'll make mention of too, is that months before, so maybe let's say we program these eight months in advance. Genuinely, we started with the event and then we programmed the qualifier. Okay. Um, oh, interesting, but, but yeah we programmed the event first and then we backed in because programming the 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 online challenge and qualifier is far easier than the event itself. The event has so many nuances to it um
0: well, just uh but, twenty but divisions it, right that's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but it, but, it, but in this scenario you know the, the the contingency events, which are probably done two months in advance um you know we had them in our back pocket okay we executed them. got it but still we knew they wouldn't have the same level of excitement as as what the Original intention was of that, you know, that, that it is what it is. And, and um, I was hoping it would only be a one time, but it, it ended up, you know, happening throughout the weekend.
0: Well, and just to give you a tip of the cap on what your original one was, was originally it was 2115.9 parallel bar dips, hang power cleans at 185 and 125. So weights being the same into 1512.9 shouldered overhead and bar muscle ups. Beautiful. Really, really beautiful. And that oh, was nice. the big bummer. It, it wasn't of okay, what this event was in particular and what you guys had to pivot to because of the rain. I know what you wanted to, but like damn, dude, that like that you guys nailed that one uh coming into it. So I, I can only imagine what a bummer it was. And and this was the contingency thing like you said before is like, okay, we switched to 30, 20, 10 parallel bar dips, deadlifts into 10 five front squats and then 30 bar facing burpees at the same weights. When you are building out these contingencies, like what are you guys focusing on primarily? Is it, well, I mean, you talked about your three pillars, right? Fair, safe, and fun. Are you looking at, okay, what is the safest thing to do while achieving maybe the same stimulus? Or are we trying to hit the same movement patterns? What are some of the things you guys are looking at when you are building out a contingency event?
1: Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. I think one thing that can't change, right, for the most part, because of the implications of, is the time domain. The time domain has to stay the same. And how do we preserve as much of the original test as possible without completely going into, into, into left field? So for example, in this scenario, the 30 2010, when it was 21-15-9, I don't know, it probably didn't read it initially, is that there were three traverses in the first round. So it was twenty one fifteen nine, but plus a traverse oh, seven dips tra- Oh, Damn. So, so we felt like that even
0: better. Damn, bro,
1: I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah. So, anyway, that we wouldn't have. We, we, yeah, uh, so to that end, we thought, okay, so how do we still add a little more volume on on that movement in particular? And we thought by adding some more parallel bar dips, okay, uh, and cleans. We just thought it was unsafe, but it's still you know a a grippy hinged uh, style movement. And then when you get into into the front squats and bar facing burpees. You know, the gymnastic skill went out the window. There's just really nothing you can do. And we, you know, yeah. <laughs> how many clubs can people do? In <laughs> <right>? <laughs> <laughs> we were a little bit at a loss there. Um, you know, th- there were probably a couple other things that we could do, but given the time in which we had to make the call and then make the pivot, we really couldn't do anything different. And I thought this would still could still lead itself to when we say the word fun, like a fast and, and yeah. uh, climactic finish. And I think it did. I think it delivered in that regard.
2: Did you guys still do the same um, or did you do any of the testing of the contingency plans or did you just have it kind of in your back pocket? Uh, it's raining, pull it out. And we just, all right, switch it to this without any sort of an idea. Or did you guys actually see what it looked like beforehand to see the, the validity of it? We do we, de- we do. we do test it.
1: It's certainly not to the extent, like we're making tons of tweaks to land on what the final product is for the, for the the original programming right. in this regard. This one in particular, it ends up being like one or two folks that are, that are testing to make sure like, Hey, it is, is it finishable within the time domain? Were mm. there anything glaring holes as part of it? Um, but I would say that we, we aren't preparing them in parallels if they're like both equal in yeah. terms of what the, what the final outcome would be. Um, so as much as we can, given how much work we have outside of just the programming itself.
0: And the the thing I heard, I talked to a few athletes and they actually agreed as far as like time domain stimulus. It was fairly close for as close as you could get, because it's not like, you know, in the second part of this task where it's like, it's bar muscle ups, like there's nothing else you can really do in rain that will elicit the same physical stimulus as a bar muscle up would. That's just out of the question. It's like, oh, why don't we do toes bar pulls? Like, because we're not hanging on to a wet pull-up bar, period. Right. We can't we can't substitute a different gymnastics pulling movement. It's just not on the in the cards. And I understand that. But um it it is tough, right? Because not to beat a dead horse, it's like you you see what you had and it was, it was fantastic. And it is the fear when you change this. Out, even outside of what the actual programming is, is like it'll change. Maybe who would do well or perform differently at, at a, a new event. There's certainly that
1: thought in our minds as we're as we're going back and making an adjustment. But that's why we try to preserve as much as we can. Mm. Like we're we're looking at it almost movement by movement, rep scheme by rep scheme, right. and, uh, and 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 try to keep it as similar as possible. But that's not like. I wouldn't say we're looking at that and like identifying who should win this test and will this next, will the person we thought initially would win it with that, but like we're not doing any of that. So
0: right. I would say that isn't probably a core focus. It is
1: a, a, a thought in our mind, but it's certainly not the, I would say the end all be all.
0: I actually like that answer. Cause uh, you, you talk to programmers like if they're focused on like who would do well, they're, they're almost missing the point of, of what a GPP cloud elite, you know, mythical mythological athlete would do with the test itself. And, and if you think about crossover and we're not putting to, Hey, it's all good. It's unknown and unknowable. We're not saying that, but what we are saying it's like, listen, things may change. You got to adapt on a flight. It's part of the sport in a sense, right? We don't want it to be, but at the end of the day, it's like, listen, do with what you got. Like if you are who you say you are, you guys should adapt. Maybe it doesn't line up as good for you or as bad for you. And, and but at the end of the day or two days of competition, hopefully it all washes out
2: at the end well and then yeah anyone, the people that do any of the sort of complaining are the ones that only really would have done well on the other event you know what i mean it's like <laughs> okay i get it, it would, maybe it's uh, personally i would rather do bar muscle ups than do burpees over a bar unless it's raining and i'm gonna go flop myself all over the floor you know i also as an athlete wouldn't want to get hurt so um you know i think the only real shot you're gonna get from anyone is the well i wish it was yeah i know but it's raining so you, <laughs> yeah we're safe you know what I do mean? you want was, me to do <laughs> yeah it's like uh, okay it'd great. be so
0: much you worse know? when you say fuck it and then three people slip off slip off a pull up bar 100 percent. break and an arm
2: that we've been into events where we see people fall off the rig when it's dry <laughs> let alone people <laughs> and, and, trying to like <laughs> over <go for> these <laughs> big prize purses so you
1: know bill and chase nobody t- t- you know takes m- more personal pride in-, in putting together this final product and want to see it on display the way we originally intended so like yeah it hurts us just as much as it hurts them to to make that adjustment but just knowing it's the right thing to do given the circumstance we could the other thing we is a possibility is completely manipulating the weekend schedule but then look how this weekend turned out if we would have oh, you know, <laughs> right was, it was like
0: cool like,
1: go <laughs> to the following day and maybe conclude with that at the end or, or uh cordedito to like the first event on, yeah. on uh friday but then it rains every day so it would have been a moot point and that would have really probably messed with people if they were planning the, their weekend out knowing what it was
0: yeah. yeah at least it
1: was test by test um and probably wouldn't have been fair you know that at that point i'm starting mm-hmm. to question the fairness of like manipulating the order of certain events because we want to preserve some test
2: versus another
0: yeah and, and i'll say this sorry go ahead Bob. Go. it uh, was <laughs>
2: Ha, we're run over to the now i'll get in real quick um the fair thing i think was great was one of the points where you made you had the contingency for the women it when i don't remember i think it was the fifth event maybe was the final event um for the for the women you were going to run the men as is and then right before they came out you went right back to the contingency plan what was great was every athlete that was competing all did the same the fairness Everyone did the same version. Even if you would have had two different, like the men doing one version, the women doing the other version, at least everyone was doing their version, and you kind of kept that all the groups together, which I think that was important. You could tell that you guys were very aware of that uh, that necessity throughout the whole competition. That,
1: yeah, that's that's a great point, Bill. That, that that's a big part of the risk, right? So, like, even if the weather clears up, we're like, okay, cool. No, we can we can roll back to right. the original. What happens if mid heat, or they we get right. through that heat, the next heat, yeah. it starts to sprinkle a little bit, and then you call into question the the fairness of that. Trust me, it it is it is really, really hard. And the pressure on our team's shoulders is real. Again, our team has gotten so good at responding in the face of adversity, but that doesn't mean that there's not an immense weight on our shoulders of am I making the right decision? Because Mother Nature ultimately decides right. it's uh it's not for me. Like hindsight's 2020, 20, but in the moment you're like, did I make the right move by changing it? And maybe we went the safer route in a lot of situations than in the past, the conservative route of just like, okay, let's let's err on the side of caution here, more so than you know, if I go back to the year 2016 when it was done, w- yeah. <laughs> <Right.
0: laughs> me and Bill in a van broadcasting from a a, a GoPro, <laughs> one
2: GoPro, <laughs> overhead squat, yeah,
0: overhead. the hands and the GHD. <laughs>
1: Boy, how we have we come a long way yeah. in terms of like making sure we're preserving the the safety of the athletes because yeah. that well, that was not a consideration back then.
2: Dude, and you guys have had massive amounts of experience because literally every single year there's been something with weather, whether it's raining once, whether it rains right in the middle of the, you know, we have to stop from one heat to the next heat to dry the bars and dry the floor. Yeah. I think that was happening last year, two years yeah, ago. Yeah, One of the
0: nighttime to, events. You know, yeah.
2: Yeah. Or whether you're, you know, you're having a typhoon come in and the entire thing's going to blow over. <laughs> so everything stops. <laughs> I mean, you guys have, you guys are getting good at thinking on your feet like that for sure.
0: And Dylan, I'll I just like to tell you, it's like, listen, of the noise of the change because of what it was, Yes, what you guys had was a beautiful test. I love that event. But what you guys did for the athletes and the competition, it was the total 100% right call. Like that was the right move. So regardless of what, not that you need approval from Bill and I, but like it was the right move. And, And I think sometimes we forget is like what's happening in the moment, the immensity of the thing you guys are tackling at the time. Because everybody sees 20 men and women on the floor, right? I thought it was two and a half times less the number of divisions. My gosh, 20 minutes ago, but there's a total right call, even though it wasn't what you wanted. And we know that it was the right call at the time. So like you guys, you, you did the right call there. Thank you. Uh, switching to deja vu, by the way, this is, uh, I loved this format, like the three, five AMRAP, uh, minute AMRAP. And then for time at the end with a minute in between, it was great. And the way you collected all of these off the bat, like how close people could get and where, you had to make some adjustments prior to this one. If you guys are looking at us on screen, it was a 25 or 20 assault Cal row, 30 wall at 2014. And Bill and I will say together to 10 feet. God bless you, sir. Thank you so nice much. Job. Great freaking job.
2: Nice job.
0: <laughs> and then into 20 or 14 strict chin over bar pull-ups, 30 box jump overs at 24 and 20, and then 25 single arm dumbbell snatches at 70 and 50. The changes here is that in the middle of this event, previously you had 35 chest bar pull-ups, a 30 and 24 inch box and a 170 pound dumbbell. And I'm assuming it's like, listen, we're gonna lessen the amount of, I guess, dynamic movement on the pull-up bar for for a safety reasons with wet pull-up bars. We're gonna lower the box height because everything was wet out there, including the boxes, and those things get very slippery. It's not like the the rubber matting that's on the floor; those things get. I mean, they make slip and slides out of this material for a reason. And then you lower the dumbbell weight because of the like the water that's everywhere, wet hands, and, and uh, for the for the time. I'll say this before you even have to explain anything is that after when I initially saw this and I, I, I made the same statement actually unfairly at the CrossFit games during their interval workout, whereas burpee box jump overs, b- box jump overs and Cal row, I was like, Oh, this is just like a class workout. Like that was my original thought. And I'm going to own up to that because listen, I'm a knee jerk guy, just like anybody else, but I have to see it unfold. I'll say this. After this was over, no one got less with the changes that you made. Strict pull ups, we can talk about that in a second, but a lower box and a heavy and a lighter dumbbell at the end. I mean, no one got less. In fact, I really liked the more focus on just a work capacity burner that this brought in. It might not be on sexy is written on paper is maybe the other one a bar pull-ups heavier dumbbells in a higher box that looks cool but i i almost like this version a bit better because it forced people into a very uncomfortable position so i just wanted to throw that out there right from the start bill i don't know how you feel but i'm, I'm just i'm I'm owning up i thought it was yuck and then i was like okay actually that that fucking uh, crushed people
2: well, the, the only thing i was really worried about like i mean the did you make them put the dumbbells down every time you say the it, it was hand release
1: in, in the rain that we required them to change hands on the ground. They had to uh, ble- release the dumbbell. That was how we were able to keep the, the single arm dumbbell it, in the mix.
2: What was great with the switches was that, like what you said, Chase, it wasn't about going ballistic. Like the way you went faster was you were not able to stop. So mm. you couldn't do them super fast. So the way you win is. You just can't stop at all then. That's the only way you can get ahead. And that, that is a stimulus that we don't do very, it's almost like racing kettlebell swings or wall balls. Like you can only go so fast. And the only way you're going to beat someone is like, everyone's going to take two seconds on a wall ball. So the only way I can get ahead of you is if you stop for three seconds and I keep going. So now I'm one rep ahead of you. Then it was the same type of thing with the strict, with the with the strict pull-ups. You saw the capacity, which you can tell we don't do a lot of.
0: Yeah. Some did people have been neglecting athletes? their strict pull-up work. Oh, I'll just my say yeah, that. Man,
2: you, you saw that. And, you know, of course we were going to be like, when we saw that the first glaring thing was, uh, there's no way you're going to be able to hold that standard. There is no way that that's going to be able to be held fairly across with, I mean, it puts the judges in a very precarious position, but even after seeing it, like everybody kind of bobbled about the same. Sure. You're going to have some people that did a little bit more, but, but all in all, it yeah, re- I mean, for for all of the things that I was they, very surprised there, actually shocked, shocked at how similar it was. And it really nobody won or lost based on that. If they if they did mm-hmm. better, it was because they could get more pull ups in that segment than someone else. You know what I mean? Um, so I thought that that was great. And the dumbbells, that same thing you saw people getting they couldn't do the normal routine with the dumbbell yeah. in that little tweak all it took was a little tweak was enough to foul some people up and you could see fatigue setting in uh differently than what i thought we would have so even with the changes uh, it still ended up being a great race and i love the way you did the scoring on this i loved it how every single piece mattered and that was yeah you really, couldn't game it. really important that was it was it was hugely important so i thought that was awesome yeah.
1: That was definitely the intention, just to you know. When when you talk about déjà vu, I think there were two. It was was almost named déjà déjà vu, and then double déjà vu. (laughs) One is because it's it's very much an uh, an ode to the 2011. CrossFit Games, the Pat Barbarish, man. We yeah. know we were talking about We didn't
0: those. want any Pat Barbers this year at Wadapalooza. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but and those, that was scored very differently, obviously. They had like 100 points for each individual AMRAP and the finals. Yep. So it was extremely heavily weighted, um, but not in this case. And then this also had a, a lot of parallels to the online challenge and qualifier event as yep. well, which was lower number of reps for time. So it went 15, 20, 25 of each of these movements um, with a one minute rest between each. So just a, a little bit different, but similar volume. Um, it was the one that I was most excited to see this week. And this was my favorite event that we programmed on the individual side. Um, but then when you, when you change the height of the box to lower and now you're forcing the athletes to put the dumbbells down, I think it slowed it down just enough. And we got about the percentage of folks finishing yeah. in the time domains that we had hoped for. Again, I think the only nuance was that strict pull up, slowing some people down and adding quite, you know, quite a bit of volume there that, uh, compared to a chest of bar that they could maybe work through um, just in, in a, a little bit differently. But ultimately, yeah, I think it still played out how we envisioned as well, more similarly than any of the other workouts that we had to make adjustments to. Uh,
0: Matt Burns asked this question, and uh, <clears throat> it's the same question I wanted to ask you, is that we haven't seen strict pull-ups in a major competition like this really ever for a variety of reasons, similar to the same reason we don't see kettlebells swings in competition as much anymore, except for, I guess, it they brought it back for Helen for the uh, adaptive or the age group divisions at the games this year, but how nervous were you about bringing this movement in particularly around holding that standard and, and what was the standard you guys set for the strict? Yeah. Standard was just no hip movement extension at the bottom
1: chin over bar. Um, it, it's a really tough one. It's a, it's a really, really tough one to judge. There's no question about it, but Ultimately, I think it was the least of all the evils yeah. in terms of still trying to preserve the test, right? Like complementing, um, you know, the, the, the box jumps and wall balls with uh, alternating movements of, uh, you know, that involves some pulling. So there wasn't anything else on the docket. And, and it, we, you know, the fact that we had to change both of those really put us between a rock and a hard place because we also didn't want to have to bring any of these, you know, that those changes yeah. specifically on the chin bar to any other events that we have throughout the rest of the weekend, like the following day, luckily we got lucky with weather there. Um, but yeah, look, it's certainly something we were concerned about. I really don't know what the answer is to, to solving how we remedy it for the future. I don't think it was perfect by any means. I do think there was some, um, folks that slip through the cracks.
0: I think actually far. Yeah. But listen, dude, like Bill nailed it because people like whatever like, okay. So yeah, there was little kips over here or people are trying to skirt the line there. They do that every single movement in every event you will ever program. People are going to short the dip. They're going to short their depth. They're going to short their extension. Like that happens in every event. And Bill nailed it because was that out there and people were like, people are going to kip or short their extension at the bottom somewhere it was in there, but nobody really gaining mass advantage on trying to milk that system or gain favor over a judge. Yeah. Look, it's going to be out there. It's out there every single event. Every time someone does something competitive, when it comes to full range of motion, I think it went way better than the initial fear was of what we were going to see. Cause when you, when my reaction or anybody's reaction was like, Oh fuck, people just going to be out here kipping the whole time and nobody's going to be able to hold the standard. And I think all in all, you guys did a great job with what could have been a disaster.
2: Wait, was that the was that the original contingency plan, or was that kind of an on the fly uh, contingency to go to the, to the strict pull up?
1: No, it was it was it was the original. Yeah, it was the original. There 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 isn't a, a similar enough of a movement that we could have plugged in there that that would have uh, you know delivered in, in a similar way. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, we we knew what we were getting. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it would have been the initial movement program, you right? Know? Like it, it, it. So, ultimately, did did we try to hold off as much as possible to make this one change? Like I, I even after we changed event number two, my yeah. hopes were the whole time were like, "Oh, the weather's going to clear up. We're going to be able to dry the floor. We're going to be able to get it back." Because this is the one I was most looking forward to of all. Yeah. Um,
2: let me let me ask, let me ask one more thing about that. When you guys made the change. Uh, I mean, you guys have, well, first of all, I mean, you do have an army of volunteers out there, an army of judges out there doing their thing. Um, what was told to them when this was going to be the switch? Like how wh- was there how emphatic of a OK, look, strict means, <laughs> you know, don't let them ki- like wh- what were they told? Because they were I, I mean, as far as that in with that situation, what what's hard is. I mean, I will tell you right now, I would never want to be a judge, ever. No, there's a reason I why I don't do that. Give me some. I don't care if you're going to give me like some tear shoes or not. Like, I don't want to be a judge because, like, you are literally you're stepping into the wolves den. And now here, here we are in a situation where it's it all comes down to that strictness in a in a in a in a movement that we have. Like Chase said, we haven't done in a competition. We all know what strict looks like. And literally, I mean, I would say of all the people that do strict pull-ups, probably 3% actually in the world actually do strict pull-ups. So, I mean, what did they know going out on the floor when that was I was going to say I'm not one
0: of those people.
1: So I'm I'm the first to raise (laughs) the competition.
0: I always get a little shoulder (laughs) English at the bottom. (laughs) Um,
1: So what I'll say is we have a really great judging team. Kevin Egbulos. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He is our director of judges and he is for a lot of other events around, uh, around the world. He travels around, but he works with us almost year round. I'll tell you, I don't know exactly what that conversation looked like from his side. I know he runs a really tight ship with his team. Um, and I'm sure that he was not going to let anything slide as as we saw throughout the weekend. You know, the teams had a similar thing happen on Sunday and I watched a lot of those heats and saw how those played out. Um, so whatever he said I think generally worked. Um, but I think that's a question we'll have to pose to him at some yeah. point. I have not followed up with him on, on how that conversation. Well, I, I'm went. glad
2: I'm glad it didn't. I'm glad it didn't overly affect the event. I mean, because mm-hmm. really, we still, I, even, even with everyone doing their little quivering as they're going up, like we still got to see the race at the end when it got to the dumbbell, which was really, yeah, it was, it was still fun to watch.
0: And you got to watch people race because I mean, we got to see uh, Taylor Self. If if you guys want to see the event, what it looks like, in it's in entirety. Go watch Taylor Self do it because he did test this about a week leading up to it, and that dumbbell, like he moved it well, but it just like it, that is going to eat people alive. And when you look at race and what this event really started to look like is the, i think there was a potential with that higher box and heavier dumbbell to almost deaden a little bit of what that test really could elicit and, and test for and like i said is like once i saw this unfold i did like how it went once you got to see athletes take the test we got some great yeah. races some i mean work capacity out the wazoo for this test and in the scheme of things of how things played out, I actually think that fit really well in the, the spans of the, the five events that you had. Um, the big question coming in outside of the programming, and you touched on this earlier when we talked about the PFAA, was scoring, right? We had part one, which was total reps completed is score one. Time to complete the entire event, all the reps, was score two. You guys had those at 50 and 50, the, the big question we've seen is like, why didn't you make it 100 and 100? I think there is, it's a great question.
1: I would say from, from my side and in our discussions with the PFAA, I think there has been a consistent concern around fairness of events that have, that are the same movements that have multiple scores, um, the, the game ability of that. Mm -hmm. um although this event made it very difficult to 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 gamify um the performance exactly but because the three five and eight minute were all the same exact movements and similar we thought that it would have been most fair and it would reward the same style of athlete so instead of giving them 200 points and the ability for someone to perform great on both um, which i have to go back and see how that actually played out wasn't the same athlete that the accumulation of reps. I mean, at the very least that athlete that one very likely had to finish, uh, within the eight minutes, which was a, a heck of a lot of reps to add a out of the eight. Um, so it was just all about making sure that all five were weighted equally. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- there was really no other way to do it within the three, five and eight minute format with one being for time and one being an accumulation of reps.
2: And did it, was that posed to you as we don't think that, uh, these movements should be weighted the same. So cut it in half. Or did they come at, did they come to you with like, uh, here's one option or how about we go 75 points for each, uh, each one of those, or we do this much, or how did they come at you at, with that way? Or was it was just kind of a, we don't like how this one's set up.
1: No, it's, it's a, it's a general position on two part or, or uh, events that have, that have multiple scores. Okay. Um, okay that they shared and they shared their rationale. Why? And, and, um, in reading it, it does make sense. I know there were some people that were disappointed by that. You know, a p- part of me also, uh, you know, when we first put this on paper, wanted it to be that way, but it was one of the things that we agreed to with the PFAA of making, if we do have a two part scored event that we would handle it in that way. Again, I'm not saying that the PFAA is driving the bus by any means. Sure. That's something that we could have equally has have pushed back on. But when I, un- when I was explained their rationale, I thought it made sense. And, um, something we'll, we'll reassess for the future, but given that the tests were so similar, they weren't like two completely separate events, just back to back and within a, within a, you know, uh, within the same time that they're taking the competition floor. I just thought it made sense to to keep them at 50 and 50, but I, I have heard the, 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 the opinion of the, of the opposite that maybe it should have been seventy five hey, seventy five or probably.
0: Like I'm in the camp as like, I went in even in this format, I know it's totally what you're saying is a hundred and hundreds. Like, I wouldn't have mind seeing that. I think it rewards athletes who can do both, but there is that side note of like, okay, listen, you can take three minute and five minute off, maybe win the first time. And there's an average there that people can play with. Like nobody's, uh, nobody's going to win your event by taking a zero, right? They may score better than they would have if they tried the whole time. There's always that, but I think the way you guys set it up, it would have been Okay. In that, in that type of format, but I know exactly what you're saying because we've seen that at the uh, CrossFit Games. Like a good example is the uh, sprint shouldered overhead. Okay, you have one that is running and sprinting and one that is max lifting for reps. Those are not the same thing and it's okay to give people 100 points for that. But like you said, the fear of the finale in 2011, the CrossFit Games, or it was the same timed format, but it was 100 points for part A, 100 points for part B, and 100 points for part C, I see that, so I can see where, where you went with both of those.
1: Yeah, it certainly wasn't an easy decision, and like we've talked about at the onset, always willing to make changes and adjustments. Um, I think this is something we'll reassess and we'll see if it makes sense for the future, but it's I a tough one to get people, right. Like the yeah, two partners right. and I the multiple partners to it's tough any, It's impossible to make everybody happy with with, with with any of our decisions, and we can only try to cast as wide of a net as possible, make as many people happy as 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 we can, right? It's a it's a large audience to try and and uh and appeal to because it's not just for the elite. We're also programming this for the other right you know thousand individual athletes that are competing. Um then Michael just asked why give any influence power to the PFA in the first place? Honestly look, their their heads are in the right place. I want to I want to answer that question, which is just that they're coming at this from the perspective of how do we professionalize and help make the sport something that again appeals to the three things we talked about fair and safe two of the three, um, fun. That's the part that we can help preserve. So, you know, if they were coming at it from a selfish perspective and maybe, you know, maybe that would, that would change my, my point of view, but if it's generally in, in, in the mindset of trying to keep the athletes safe and make, and make the sport fair, then I'm for it. And, uh, it helped take a lot of the decision-making from our side, or at least suggestions of decision-making away. And, uh, I honestly think they were extremely helpful. It was, it, was, it, was a, it was a great uh partnership this year.
0: Good. I think it's a fair question for those that don't understand the partnership. And I, I I love that you answered it. Uh as we shift from deja vu, we go to the barge, we go to Bayside, we're getting wet, and we got 50 and 40 cal Echo Bike swim. We always say it's some routine two to three hundred meters, depending on the the year, right? It's it's <laughs> like tied. we always say <laughs> Any type of monostructural distance in the CrossFit space is always an ish, right? right. Unless they say 5K, but we know what happened there. <laughs> and then we have 150 beaded ropes, swim again, 500 meter assault run. I like this where it sits because I think a lot of people, or not a lot of people, some people focused on the lifts. You know, Bill and I, we've always said it's like putting in a max lift in a small event sample size is tough if there's nothing to balance it out in the long run. I think this is one of those pieces that did help balance out a 20% event score to a max lift because this is just straight monostructural. So I feel like there is some balance here when you look at that. Personally, I love this because these are the only things that I can physically do at the moment. <laughs> but you, know, you, you want to get in the water. How... You know, we've been doing it for years, right? How creative or, or what are the challenges is like, all right, what are we going to do for the swim this year? Because it does limit what you pair with the swim because people are getting out of the water wet.
1: Yep. Yep. 100%. Um, it is tough. The stage is relatively small for the number of athletes we need to put through a swim event. And keep in mind, this one was vastly different than the community events. And mm. that's because the community athletes were performing the following morning uh the offsite run bike race which ah. included for the individuals a 50k cal echo bike buy-in plus the 5k run so that was their long monostructural event which the Got teams it. performed sans the bike but in this situation we needed the same to balance out the tests for individuals that are competing on the elite side and that's just what this did mm. um, you know it would be easy for us in years back when when you look at what we what we've historically done. There's tends to be a sandbag. There tends to be a jump rope. There's very, you know, there's never going to be a rig involved with whatever this event is that involves the swim. Again, that's really emphasizing the the safe perspective. And then the other thing too, is you'll never really start with the swim because it needs to be something in which not all, 30 athletes are running towards the water at the same time. We also have the structure in a way in which people aren't getting stuck in the water at the time cap. Cause then we have to bring everybody back. So there's all these <laughs> logistics that, that, uh, that contribute to actually putting together the final piece of the puzzle. Um, but we thought it was diverse enough. I will tell you the event we almost went with like this close instead of this one was, if you remember the event a few years back called ski school.
0: Yeah. Ski school. Oh,
2: yeah. I don't
1: know if you remember it. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but it was, a. Uh, it was a buy-in of of Kowski, uh, um, and then it involved some sandbag, and then it had swimming, and then it had uh, jump rope. And mm-hmm. so the jump rope, though, for every time you broke, it had to be performed in three fifty rep sections. If you broke, you added calories to the end of your ski. Oh um, damn! So instead of bringing that, I would hate back, that one. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> unless it was a good day for jump rope. <laughs>
1: It was just very similar to what we had done the year before and while there were still some similar elements with the swimming and the jump ropes this was different enough and also com- you know accomplished that monostructural test that
2: we were seeking. Well dude, I I I love the fact and it always cracks me up. Um every all these athletes that go to Wadapalooza, there has always been a swim event and it's a ama- like it's nice to see that finally we're starting to see these CrossFit athletes are finally starting to do okay on the swimming. Yeah, we're seeing caps sort are of worn the right direction. <laughs> you know, it's not you don't have the ridge going across this way anymore. Oh, who was um, that?
0: <laughs> that did that? That one year in but Dubai. It,
2: uh, I know. I, I was like, Red
0: Bull is the... not supposed to be on the front, bro. Right. It is a that's side, that's like my, that's my a side logo.
2: Right. Um, I, I, I loved it. I, I love the fact that the swimming is put in there. I love the fact that, um, especially when you have multiple swims and I think that for a swim event, yeah. that really is what pushes the CrossFit athletes or any of the athletes that are out there doing that is the fact that it's not just how do you breathe when you're swimming it? Cause uh, you know, the, a lot of the athletes that aren't real efficient with their swimming, they can you can kind of fake your way through it until you're breathing hard and then have to swim. And the second that happens, now you need the efficiency, yeah. and so it's a it's a big difference where you really have to have that skill and that 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 comfort level when you're in the water uh, to really make it work. So I I love it. I thought this was awesome. I, I, I love it. every single time there's a swim at the tier water I every time it's like, oh man, what's it going to be this time? What's it going to look like this time? It's super cool. So I was stoked on it. I liked it. And
0: Dylan, you had the 150. 150- Double-unders in the middle, but specifically beaded rope. And so when I see beaded rope, I'm like, okay, we've seen heavy ropes in the in competition. We've seen drag ropes. Anytime I've seen a beaded rope, there's that thread of like crossovers or something. It's like in that middle with the rope, how many different things did you think about putting in there or was it always double-unders?
1: So no, it it was always going to be dubs in this situation. We we toyed around with what type of rope we would we would include here. Okay. Um there was a few options, right? The drag rope itself, you know, gets wet and then it becomes unfair from heat to heat. So that was where we're like, okay, maybe the drag rope doesn't make sense. A heavy rope to me just becomes dangerous with 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 uh you know shoes yeah. being yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. And then also, right. Yeah, that that's just not something that we wanna we wanna see. Uh but then the on the third side of this too is we've seen people use beaded dub uh beaded jump ropes quite a bit for like you said, crossovers and and whatnot. But in this situation we wanted to throw something into the mix that would that might throw folks for a for a loop mm-hmm. and make them think a little bit differently about training with that tool and had some really good conversations with David Newman about what he thought made the most sense. Good dude. And that's where we landed. yeah, I think it oh he's awesome. He's so great. Yeah. And uh and we also made some with some really cool colors as well and it, it turned out great.
0: Yeah. That was pretty sweet. Now did the did the athletes have Access to this in the warm-up area? Were they given these ropes? How to like? You, I, I, everyone was walking out with them, so I assume you had them either somewhere in the back or that was theirs to take home. No,
1: they weren't allowed to keep, take them
0: home. But they oh, didn't have that's them a bummer. Did day. anybody take them home? Let's. You know, did anybody accidentally? Oh, I forgot to turn in my rope. And- <laughs>
1: Blue rope? No, no, they, they really good about it. They, they, actually, honestly, David's team was was on top of it. They didn't want those things nice. walking off.
0: I would I would have stuffed it in my swimsuit, With and them. everybody would have known for sure what else. <laughs> I was. It's like, yeah, right, bro. You wish. <laughs> you wish cool. twice. It, it,
1: it turned it turned out just as well, just as well as I, I I could have hoped. And then you know that wasn't the only usage of the of the beaded ropes. They were also used in the community event on mm-hmm. Tina Hills. Uh, a completely different one that was just going goes to show you like the way in which we puzzle piece things together to ensure that the elite competition from individuals to teams were not too similar but the community athletes did have some events between individuals and teams that did have some similarities Mm -hmm. um this is an example of that
0: and last question here bill if you have one is like ending on the runner instead of coming back to the bike you know you see this format is like okay we went Almost a pyramid chipper, but we we bookend each one with a different machine. What was the decision that went into that
1: there's 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 a ton of things I think we want we wanted to see their expression of cardiovascular endurance and monostructural tests. There's not really a better place to put another implement like the runner. And also like at this point, their shoes are going to be off. So they're barefoot. (laughs) You don't want to have their feet on the pedal. That that wouldn't be very, that wouldn't be very comfortable. Mm. Um, And then also the all out sprint on the runner, we thought was probably the safest thing. You know, we don't want them running. Um, Another big thing you'll notice about the programming is that for a lot of them this year, whereas in the past they would sprint across the finish line, we, that was not the case here. A lot of times it ended on the final rep. And in this case, it was sprint. This was like the one thing that we could do on the stage that would be a sprint to the finish. Whereas finishing with the double unders, you can only go one speed. So it's just hanging on. In this case, it forced them to really leg it out in some of these close tests. Um, and you could actually see their perceived level of exertion on the part. <laughs> yeah. Whereas with the bike, you can go at a, at another lick, but you still can't really tell, but you can tell on the runner.
2: Totally. Yeah.
0: Was that decision made prior to weather changes or was that a weather decision to, to not run to finish lines?
1: Uh, no, that was something done well in advance. That was, uh, that was something that a decision was made, honestly, mostly last year Okay, with just the size of the stages. When you sprint across the finish line, like to right? thing about Flagler, for example, there's yeah. literally that wall right there. You're, you're going to run into the finish line and people usually book right into it. <laughs> yeah. There was no railings on the base. <laughs> That's true. So that that was a, definitely an intentional decision made a long time ago.
2: Um, real, real quick, last question on this one. When you were designing it, the the amount of slips that you saw up and down the ramp, coming around when people trying to get up, um, when they made the turn, trying to get back to their runner, uh was that what uh, the amount that you thought that would happen with the rain or were you trying to think, okay, we know they're going to be wet because they're running. And if there's a rain contingency, was there any thought of putting anything down to make it more tacky or to make it a little bit more grippy for uh, the athletes, the, especially when they're going in and out of the water?
1: I will tell you the initial intention was to have a turf on that stage. Like oh. be one big full, oh. run, which I think would have changed. The game. That was another pivot that we had to make. And Interesting. A little bit more behind the curtain. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I'll tell you that is, you know, another key learning for us is that wherever you put graphics, even though it's, <laughs> yeah. that is what's slick. It's not, yeah. the cover's actually pretty tacky. And so go, you know, you're going to talk about teams tomorrow, but the event on Sunday on Bayside stage uh, with the kettlebell box stepovers. Yeah you know we made the determination with the lunges to remove the graphics before the elite started oh, there because it, just
2: was
1: just, uh, it was just it was not, it was not, it was unfair like they would yeah. have been, I mean, they would have been safe it would have been fine but somebody's foot might have slipped out in the back of a lunge and you know had to drop kettlebells. kettlebell so um key learnings for us all around I think it they people probably it was more slick than what I would have hoped um, on those things um on the ramp probably l- less so uh, you know I didn't expect that as much. And it's because we'd, we would brief all the athletes, go down the ramp slow <laughs> or out of caution. And then you would see athletes just. The and the medical team was just like, I told them. <laughs> you
0: like, I know at, at the end of the day. But yeah. What, what are you going to do?
2: I, man, yeah. I tell you, though, I think the faster the people went, they're the ones that didn't have any issues going. All the people that were careful, everyone, they all ended up on their ass and sliding down the little footsteps. You're right about that. Oh, <laughs> uh, that
0: was great. And what a great event to have at Bayside. Just everybody out there swimming twice. I, I thought that was really cool. And uh, this will bring us to the finale. And we have four-time 90-foot mixed racked position kettlebells with 53 and 35 one in the front rack one in the overhead rack into three rounds for time three rope climbs for men two for women the first one must be from a seated position but they can use their feet once they get off the ground 18 toes to bar and then a 90 foot handstand walk done in 30 foot segments and then a buyout of the kettlebells and first of all I love I, again, I, I love this event. I think the question was, is like how much of these kettlebells are really going to affect, we talked about Taylor self. He, he tested this coming in and actually his time held up. I think it was like a top five time, uh, with the elites, but it was like, Hey, how much is this really going to affect things, uh, at the end? And, and you saw it, it had an effect on, on certain athletes that just didn't have the stamina towards the end. But I'll, I'll talk back to what I liked about the last event that we had with the monostructural test. And then the Heavy lifting test. And aside from the kettlebell lunges, this was a pure gymnastics test. So now I go, okay, you smash the weightlifting, you smash the monostructural, and then you smash the gymnastics almost in their own isolated events. That's how it's done, right? Instead of one and six other random tests that are just, you know, general mi- mixed mo- modal domains, it's like you put in three unique tests in their own version. And I really, really, i appreciated that uh i don't know if that was your intent or that's how it worked out on, on, on purpose but whatever it was that you ended up doing i really love that you balanced those things out
1: there certainly was intention there i would tell you that this was not the event that i originally intended to be the finale for individuals. okay it just happened as such um you know, ideally, those three that you mentioned would have been on day one, and then the next day would be more classic. Dude,
0: you're okay. All right, Dylan. I was going to ask that question at the end. That's great. God, I love with your yeah, heads at I right mean, now, my ideally, boy. It's just it's the schedule for the event
1: is a real puzzle. Like it is a puzzle. yeah. It is imagine making all of these pieces fit. And and, and Joaquin Perez Brego, our, our competition director, works tirelessly on it. Um, it, it is it's the most probably that. I don't want to say it's the most challenging because there's a lot of challenging parts of producing this event, but yeah. that is one that is is very, very tough. All right. My dude. That's, that's, that's- yeah. To, to making it all fit. And that's why this one ended up being the finale, but I do think it, it played out to be still exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed this one as well. This was one of those that we were able to preserve the original, uh, programming, which I was happy about.
0: How, how hard, what, um, you don't have to tell us what the contingency was, but like, is this the one you looked at? You're like, please God don't rain because it is going to be, <laughs> it's not even going to be the same. Like we got close stimulus in the other ones. And this one, there's nothing I see here when it rains that you can do.
1: Right. I- yeah, and t- the document that we have <laughs> it says, it better not rain.
0: <laughs> Contingency plan. We're just fucks. Like, we're just... <laughs>
1: it would have been raped. Rain- Rain delay or like, or, 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 and we, we did toy around with these thoughts of like, okay, well, what if we just like push individual competition to the following day? And like getting the team starts in the afternoon, like none of those scenarios would make any sense. It would have thrown everything off. This was one, I'm going to tell you right now, it would have had to be a completely different test. And we didn't, and this is one that genuinely we didn't have programmed because of, because we had, so we did change it. We did have one version, okay but it was so similar to some of the things we did the day before got it that like, we were looking at each of the days isolated saying like, okay, if it rains this day, it's not going to rain. The following day. So like, we'll be good. We'll be able to take those elements. So they were so, so similar in this scenario, we were just like, all right, well, what do we do now with rope climbs? We can't do any more strict <laughs> like pull-ups. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that, that's, that's really w- w- what the result was.
0: All right. So order of events, I'm just going to throw this out there of, of a uh, dream scenario, right? You don't have 2000 other athletes to worry about in 48 divisions is I would say I, me, I'll go lifting event first, monostructural event second on Bayside. This would be the Thursday night event finale. And then we would do uh as the, and then the final be that three, five finale marching your way down to the finish line with a dumbbell snatch to win waterpalooza. That would have been dream scenario in my head because what I, what I think is like, okay, we hit weightlifting, monostructural and gymnastics on day one. Who sits at the top of the leaderboard? Oh, sorry, you're good at all these individuals, and now we have just two mixed modal, just slug fest ones on Friday. I could have easily seen it playing out similarly. Yeah, I don't think it would change anything. I just like in my in my dream, seeing how these events yeah. is like. I love the idea of putting those. Those three on day one, and then the mixed modal on day two, and just like a march to the finish line with three, five, eight minutes uh, to go for the finale. Yeah. Not saying it would have changed the- anything for the leaderboard, but I just that that setup.
1: The two scores on the final. What I like about that is it leaves some ambiguity and guesswork on the mm. end of the, of the attendee or fan at home because they they have to do quite a bit of math to try and calculate. So it left sort of some yeah. gray and that. Announce the winner they don't really know because there's there's some you know, more complicated math they would have had to solve to try and right. figure it out
2: um yeah i do like that
1: yeah it, yeah certainly that that's a that's one way in which it could have played out for
2: sure I, did i tell you for for an event that's been around for so long and is so established i like and we hear we hear this all the time why can't you just have a lifting a you know, straight lifting a straight model structural a straight gymnastic and that right there you should almost be branding who your best athlete is and you virtually did that almost kind of hidden because you did a complex you did uh a mixed met metcon check, you know checking a whole bunch of different boxes there and then a it, it, i mean it, it this is a strictly gymnastic movement with just like little bookends on either side. I mean, you, you kind of look like in that all of a sudden, because you have those on either end with the dump, with the the kettlebells. Now you don't see it as all gymnastic, but that's purely what it is. You know what I mean? So you, you have that and that's over the halfway point of all the points that you have scored based on single modality. And then you have your two mixes right in, uh, on either side of that uh, to be able to average kind of blend and be like, okay, well, who is, who's our athlete. So it's, it's interesting, you know, coming back around, you said safety, you said fair, you said fun, and you didn't say fitness. You didn't say like how well-rounded you wanted that to be. And as of what you're looking at right now, do you did a pretty dang good job of holding those things together as far as making it fitness. And, you know, we talk, we see a lot of events. We talk about a lot of programming, you know, what types of things were missing or what, what sort of stimuluses were missing and the less events you have, the more difficult it is to really be able to accomplish that goal. I mean, unless you're 2007 CrossFit Games when you did that, <laughs> you have your you have your model structure, you got your gymnastics, you know what I mean? So I, I really like, I, I thought that was awesome. I thought that was awesome. Thank you. I like that yeah, again. I think
1: that's where the fair comes into play. I think fair is, is more about the, the well-rounded test. I totally hear you. I think that sometimes the the third piece of the puzzle compared to those other two but every year it sort of varies based on the feedback we get and this year for sure safety was number one but fair was up there for sure
0: and at the end of the weekend you know this isn't a uh some people will say this is like oh well no matter what the programming was rich was going to win Matt was going to win. T was going to win. And Bill and I have always pushed back against that sentiment because just because the programming didn't matter to them, it doesn't mean that the programming doesn't matter. It has a massive impact on, on who does and doesn't sit at the top of the leaderboard over the course of the weekend. And with all the hurdles and challenges that you guys had to push through break through, and hop over with no other option, but to just charge ahead, you look at what happened over the, the end of the weekend and you look at the leaderboard as a bit of an example of like, look, yes, some of the events may change or this move and that change. But you look at who finished and how well they competed over the course of the weekend. And I think still the best people in that position won Waterpalooza.
1: I would agree. Definitely on the individual side, that was the case, right? I think the teams are a little bit more of a mixed bag, and you're, you'll talk about that's crapshoot.
0: No matter, what. <laughs> like who, who who's going to win? That's different. That's a lot. That's a bigger challenge.
1: There, there, there are so there are a lot of more a lot more variables with the team side than uh, than the indies. But yeah, I would say right, you are 100 percent that the the fittest emerge victorious, as you mentioned, um, and it, like you said, it didn't matter what was thrown at them, what those changes were, and um, that's what we we sought out to do. So I'm happy that was the end result. Um, and again, hindsight being 2020, 20, I couldn't have said going into the weekend that would have been the case. I would hope so. Uh, but it did play
0: out as such. So I'm happy.
1: Man. I know
0: our team is too. And Dylan, speaking of that it, it, specifically, is two weeks of buildup for Wadapalooza, a full week of competition and all the things that you had to deal with. You're currently still breaking everything down until, what, Friday or Saturday. It's been almost, what, probably feels, it's been a month, but it's probably felt like a year. At the end of the weekend, after you got to see everything unfold, How do you feel with how 2024 Tier Guadapalooza went?
1: I would say that I am left very fulfilled. Um, I think that it went as well as it possibly could have given the, the circumstances. And it leaves me very optimistic for the future and everything that we have on the horizon. Namely, because I think we have a really great partner in Tier. They're, they're awesome and extremely supportive. They're, they're a company that really are fans of the sport and the community, and they're pressing us forward.
0: How much of a say- game changer is it to have Tier back you in the way they do to support this competition?
1: It's different than anything I've experienced before. They are they are vested in this. This is not just a let's give you some cash and you put our logos on things. They they want to be involved in the decision making. They want to be involved in helping elevate the experience and the competition. Which is again, we've we've had some big sponsors as part of our event in the past that are similar you know similar category over the years, and none of them have quite contributed as much as Tier has, and the connection that they have to the event. You can tell that this really means something to them, and um and they they show it in in their products one. And then also in in the way that they handle the contribution to give back to athletes, to volunteers, you know, how they're continuing to sign the best athletes in the sport and press it forward. They want to continue to do more and more. And they're, they're, they're really pushing us to be better. And, um, and I appreciate that big time. So that's one. And then two, what else leaves me really optimistic for the future would be our team. As I I mentioned, maybe a hundred times, like I, I mean it, the people that are behind this event are far more than me. Um, I know we're a small team, but the people that come and either work over the weekend or the two weeks or month, three months, their seasonal staffers up and down the way that they responded in the face of what was a really, really challenging month. Uh, and then ultimately weekend gives me all the confidence in the world that we're going to hit a home run on the next events that we have on the horizon. So, um, those two things. And then finally the fans, the community's response to what it is that we're doing in the face of all that rain, like people showed up in droves, they followed from afar. Um, and they give me hope that the sport is in a good place, and and that uh that that the tier Guadapalooza brand is 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 well liked and respected, and um we're gonna continue to do everything in our power to try and make good on our promise to continue to deliver exceptional experiences to athletes, fans, brands, and more. So, um yeah, I think the future's bright. I'm left confident, albeit a little tired. I'm gonna sleep <laughs> for a month. <laughs> uh, but sleep like that long. Yeah, time. not
0: too much, bro. Open's coming. And the, I'll I'll finish with this question with for the Wad Zombie is before you go, Dylan, can we get anything? Little behind, little tidbit, a little nugget, secret to details to reveal about Wadapalooza's Soul coming in September.
1: The only thing that I will say is that there's more information coming really soon. That's okay. not, I'm not gonna leave you just with that. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> a lot of information. <laughs> um, no, what I will say is that the format of the elite competition that we are going to be bringing to the public uh, by way of the tier Wadapalooza SoCal is something that we haven't seen in quite a while. Mm. And mm. I think is something that people have been missing with our own unique flavor to it um, that I think is going to, if folks have maybe lost, their luster for the sport, and like they just they're just bored by it. This, I think, is going to reinvigorate them in a way um, that will hopefully bring them back into the fold and want to and want to follow. It's it's going to be vastly different than what we have in Miami. That doesn't mean to say,
2: wow, we
1: have a great community event in SoCal. Yeah, but from the perspective, it's something that you're not going to want to miss, and that if you're planning on a vacation at any point, I'd probably mark the twentieth, twenty second of September uh, in Huntington Beach because it's going to be an amazing time. Nice. So, okay,
0: fitness. And- Nation. I love it. So you're bringing some old school back. So Bill and I will get, yeah, we'll see it. What if I'm just kidding. I'm just, I mean. <laughs> oh, Hey, what's it? What's good friends. If we can't bust some balls on my, well, Hey Dylan, listen, sincerely, thank you for coming on the show. I know you hate doing podcasts, but so thank you for carving out a lot of time with us. I mean, shoot, we've been talking over an hour and a half, but thank you for all the work you put into this, because I feel like it's really easy. And I've, I've, Look, I'll raise my hand and it's like I've done it with lots of competitions in the past to pick and criticize and whether it's right or wrong, maybe the timing of that isn't at the best format or how it's done. But what you have done and continue to do and have, have built over a very long sense of time with Waterpalooza, being in the position you're in now with Loud and Live and what you guys have created, I just want to say personally, thank you. Because Wadapalooza is one of my favorite times of years, from a fan, from a uh, a commentator, from an athlete. Even though I, uh, you know, I guess maybe I should try to, you know, I'm forty plus now. Maybe I can make it. Who knows? But <laughs> I just want to say thank you, and for all the fans around the world, thank you for what you do, what you continue to do, and I'm so pumped for SoCal.
2: Yeah, man, I I, I got to jump on that bandwagon too. I'm I'm fired up um of what for what you've done for the community because i think that's a big big deal i mean the the comment is always if you can't go to the crossfit game you got to go to Watapalooza. Yep. i mean that is we've said that a million times and, it, and, and if anyone ever asks us i mean it, that is because of the experience and i'm not even talking just the athlete experience i'm talking the fan experience um all the different division experience all that kind of stuff it's a really really big deal so uh we know how important it is to you um one of the things that I'm really glad you came on the show and were able to talk about was not just the fact that you made switches, but the why you made the switches. Because, you know, for us, I mean, and in, in we are program nerds and we talk about programming, we talk about numbers, we talk about the intents, we talk about, but a lot of times if we don't know that. I mean, we can't talk to every single person that does their event, you know, so we don't always know that. So we don't always know the exact why. So hearing your why of a lot of the things, hearing why you decided to bring this event back and why you called it deja vu and why did you want to see if people from your qualifiers were actually able to qualify with the, with the weights they were doing? Why is that important to you? Because you want to see that they're going to be able to compete efficiently, you know, in front of everybody. All of these reasons, I think, is cool because even as a programmer, when we're talking just general programmers, there always has to be that big picture down to the minute picture, and that's what I really like. That in in our conversation, we're we're back and forth, and we're back and forth seeing that. So that's really really important, dude. I really can't wait to see what you guys do with with uh, with Huntington Beach. I I think that the Tijuana Palooza, SoCal. I'm I'm excited and anxious to see what it's going to be because that's when everyone br- branches away from their, their normal setup. It's like, it makes it's exciting and nerve wracking all at the same time. So, um, I got my fingers crossed for you guys, man. I can't wait to see it.
1: Thank you. Thank you both for having me. And, uh, yeah, I, I hope my explanations made sense. And I'm also excited to share with the world what it is that we have up our sleeves. The entire team has been working tirelessly to bring it to life and, uh, alongside to you really hand in hand with them. So uh yeah more to come very 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 soon. I mean like within within the next couple of weeks you're going to start Ooh, seeing some cool. Sales I love st- it. Uh, start to come.
0: I love it. Well, Dylan, thanks to you, thanks Aladdin Live, thank you to Tear and thank you to Wantapluse for what you guys put on. Can't wait to see what's coming in uh September, but uh can't wait to see what's coming in June, July. You know, don't forget about that, people, because uh <laughs> Tennis Stadium. Just going to throw that out there. It's coming back. But Dylan, thank you so much. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you guys tomorrow when we talk teams.